0: At Alina Health, we care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. According to the Diabetes Research Institute, in the last decade, the cases of people living with diabetes jumped almost 50% to more than 29 million Americans. My guest today is Dr. Matt Kressel. He's a pharmacist practitioner with Alina Health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kressel. So people hear the word diabetes and they think type 1 or type 2 and they don't know the difference. Please explain that for us.
1: Yeah, so type 1 is also referred to as juvenile diabetes, although that can be a bit misleading because there are certainly other individuals who are diagnosed um, not in childhood with type 1 diabetes. Um, but, you know, the the causes are uh, a little different, um, with type 1, you know, there are suspicions of infectious causes. Um, there are other suspicions that it's an autoimmune-driven um, disorder, meaning that your body kind of attacks itself or attacks the pancreas. Uh, it's kind of like friendly fire a little bit um, on the body. Uh, the, the, the takeaway is, is that with type 1 diabetes, um, your pancreas is kind of rendered um, ineffective or not usable as it relates to insulin. So you're, you're basically dependent on uh, insulin um, to treat your, your disease. Um, with type 2 diabetes, it's a little different. Um, it's usually developed over a lifetime. Uh, most patients, it's, it's um, developed through lifestyle-related uh, um, things that go on, and not all patients with type 2 diabetes need insulin. In fact, many of them don't. Um, versus type 1 patients, which are uh, basically managed exclusively with insulin. So that's, as far as medicines go, kind of the important distinctions. Again, type 1s, very much insulin-dependent. Type 2s, sometimes insulin necessary, but not always
0: so let's concentrate for a minute on type 2 as this is becoming more and more common. And as we're seeing this obesity epidemic, type 2 diabetes, Dr. Kressel, used to be called adult onset, but now it's called type 2 because we're even seeing children and teenagers coming up with this type of diabetes. So what are we doing about it? What kind of medications? What is the treatment that, that we're seeing now for diabetes?
1: Um, well, it kind of depends on, you know, where a patient is at. And so really just kind of to set the stage, you know, diabetes is typically diagnosed with uh, a blood test that you would get at at your doctor's office. And, you know, the way it's been diagnosed um, has evolved over the years, but the most common test that's done is what's called an A1C, and that's a, a shorthand for what's uh, kind of longhand called uh, hemoglobin A1c. And if your A1c number is above a threshold, uh, 6.5 is is the cutoff. So if it's 6.5 or higher, uh, generally you are um, labeled or diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And um, any number, again, above that would tell you worsening degrees of type 2 diabetes. And at that point, that's where the the intensive discussion with your, uh, your doctor or provider is going to happen. And at that point, you know, there are a couple decisions. One is whether you need to go on medications or not um, or whether you want to approach it with just lifestyle intervention. And, frankly, it's going to depend on how high your, your number is above that, that threshold of, of 6.5. Um, and really, um, to give a little more detail about that test, what that test is picking up, is um, a measure of how much sugar that's been floating around in, in your bloodstream over about a three-month period of time. So it's a very useful test for doctors to tell long-term what type of sugar control your body uh, has. And then from there, decisions about medicine or no medicine can come.
0: Do you, there are glucose monitors at the pharmacy. Do you advise people to keep track
1: Certainly for diabetics, uh, it's, kind of a, it's, it's kind of an entry-level expectation, um, and certainly for patients that are poorly controlled or have long-standing diabetes, you know, checking two, three, four times a day uh, is a norm. For those patients that are very well-controlled, um, you know, meaning their, their A1C is close to 6.5, maybe it's dipped even a little below that, uh, meaning that they've kind of uh, reversed course a little bit you know, checking a couple of times a week um, is going to be uh, important, but the level of intensity of monitoring is generally driven by um, how well or poorly controlled you are. More poorly controlled means more monitoring. Less poorly controlled means less monitoring. So one of the things I always tell my patients is the better you do, the less you have to monitor, the less you have to poke yourself. So uh, it provides an incentive um, because most patients don't like, um, to have to check their sugars. So
0: as we as we made that distinction at the beginning, type 1 is insulin dependent. So that's generally an injection. Now, what kinds of medications are used for type 2? Is it always an injection? Can it be in oral form? What, what are the medications?
1: Yeah. So once you're kind of at the point where you're starting medicines, um, there are luckily a, a number of medicines in the toolbox. And the last, I'd say, 25 years has really uh, been a um, a, a windfall as far as um, science um, in, in, in the pharmaceutical industry producing medicines. The first one that most patients will be offered is a medicine called Metformin. Um, the trade name is glucophage, um, although it's, it's available in the generic form and, and very affordable for, for most patients. You can often get it for um, 4 to $6 per month um, out of pocket. Um, and what that medicine does is a couple of things. Uh, one is it, it tells your, your liver to stop producing sugar to the same degree it, it, it had before. And the other thing it does is it helps your muscles use sugar um, a little bit better um, than it would otherwise. And it's a nice medicine. It's generally well-tolerated. Um, and it's got a lot of evidence to support its um, kind of life-changing, um, life-altering, life-prolonging effects and because it's cheap, generally well-tolerated, there's a lot of evidence for its benefit. It's generally kind of the first option providers are um, going to offer, but there are certainly many others. There's a medication class called the sulfonylureas. Uh, There are medicines called GLP-1 inhibitors, DPP-4 inhibitors, SGLT-2 inhibitors. These are long acronyms and probably will confuse most, but uh, the takeaway is that um, there are lots of tools in the toolkit for providers, and the right medicine for the patient is going to depend on, you know, a discussion with your doctor, and then um, really understanding, you know, the effects and the side effects.
0: When people ask you, and we know that with diabetes. With type 1, it's, as we said, insulin-dependent, but with type 2, it's insulin resistance. Your body just isn't utilizing, but it is still making insulin. What do you tell them when they ask about lifestyle and other things they can do? Because we have learned that exercise has an insulin-like effect. Do you talk about that with your patients?
1: Uh, Yeah, I often do. So, you know, as a pharmacist practitioner, we sit down and, you know, sometimes patients are newly diagnosed Uh, depending on the situation, we may be meeting with them in conjunction with a diabetes educator. Um, So as far as lifestyle goes, you know, we do talk about diet. We oftentimes refer the specifics around diet to the the diabetes educators. But, you know, that's certainly the first um, lifestyle kind of intervention. And we really spend a lot of time talking about carbohydrates because that's the the most kind of prevalent culprit of um, causing um, high blood sugar to, to develop. But certainly from there, it's a lifestyle related to physical activity. You know, once patients become obese, it becomes more difficult to move. So we, we oftentimes set goals around just modest um, changes in lifestyle that they can build up to that might be as simple as going on a walk for 10 to 15 minutes um, a day. Again, something as simple as that. Um, but we do other look at other lifestyle things. Smoking certainly um, is not going to improve exercise tolerance. So we do kind of look at the whole patient, the whole picture, um, and try to make sure we're addressing, um, you know, whatever it is that ails them. Sleeping is another common challenge. A lot of obese patients have um, sleep apnea or other medical conditions that makes it harder for them to feel rested. Um, during the day. So we oftentimes um, think about that or discuss that, again, holistically thinking about what is going to impact lifestyle um, in a global um, sense, not just kind of sending them out with, you know, get more exercise and have a nice day.
0: So wrap it up for us, Dr. Kressel, your best advice, what you tell people every day as a pharmacist practitioner about managing their diabetes and what you really want them to know.
1: Um, I think really the the best advice I can give them is where they're at. Um, You know, diabetes can be a very uh, frightening uh, diagnosis. It comes with a whole host of uh, worries from kidney damage to stroke and heart attack um, increases. And, um, you know, many patients you'll deal with have family members who have had, um, you know, been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and have seen you know their their family members, um, you know suffer. So usually the first piece of advice that give them is help me understand, you know what your your concerns are. Um, you know if you if you have a cousin who had uh, dialysis or uh, um, a, a mother who went blind from diabetes. Okay, well let's talk about that. And then once I understand, you know what their worries are, then I can um, talk about you know what motivating factors. Um, are going to be needed to to take your medicines as you should, to check your your blood sugars and to know what the numbers mean, Um, you know, what's a good number, what's a a bad number, what risks come with the medicines, meaning low blood sugars or um, things like that. And then from there, you know, what type of follow-up Um, they're going to see. So that might mean coming to the doctor's office every three months. It might mean coming to the doctor's office every six months um, for their A1C um, recheck. And then just to give them hope that, you know, while type 2 diabetes isn't necessarily cured, it is oftentimes a a disease that I would call uh, reversed or optimally managed, meaning that you can largely make it disappear and um there is hope for medicines to be reduced or stopped um if the disease is is managed so that's kind of i know that's more than one piece of advice melanie but that is um kind of uh what i try to uh tell patients when they when they're dealing with this
0: Well, it's certainly great advice, Dr. Kressel. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.